Another week and another episode from the show that tries to comfort you in your sleepless nights or your cold mornings with some interesting topics that delve into what seems to be the places that our minds don't wander to. But we always think about it unconsciously though. I actually didn't know what subject I wanted to talk about because I had a certain formula that I liked, which was movie, then game, then a comic book. But I wanted to switch things up this time. And I guess I wanted to explore emotions these next couple of episodes and how sometimes people misunderstand what that emotion is, only seeing that emotion in media such as movies and TV shows. But in actuality, it's way more than that, and only can be really understood if you had the luck or the misfortune of feeling it. And the particular emotion that always fascinated me was fear. First of all, I'd like to dissect what an emotion is, since this is basically the theme of this season. It's a mental state that helps us process the events we're encountering, according to some type of rules that are coded in our DNA, like we get happy when something we like happens, and we get angry when something bad happens that we can slash could control, and we get afraid when we can't change anything bad that we think will happen. These are the basic rules our minds abide by. Laughing when you're getting hurt is a type of what we call a mental disorder, which is very much abnormal. We experience emotions as happening to us, not chosen by us. They are things that happen to us, not things we want to happen. And I'm no physician or any type of doctor, so I'm actually having a hard time explaining what an emotion is. It's a very hard concept that we see in people and we ignore it most of the time in ourselves. Emotions involve different components, like subjective experience, expressive behavior, and psychophysiological changes. So even emotions are bound by physical aspects, like hormones and our functional nervous system. And the chemical imbalance would alter the emotion one is feeling, as most emotions can only last a few seconds, and sometimes longer. Though, if it lasts more than hours, it's called a mood rather than an emotion. Lasting longer than that can be very bad for one's health. Some famous or rather infamous mental disorders are depression, being a very long, sad and empty state the person is experiencing. Then manic depression, or as it's called nowadays, bipolar disorder, which is a mental disorder that causes unusual shifts in moods to both extremes. The person would experience both episodes of severe depression and episodes of mania and euphoria meaning a very sad state then shifts to a very happy state. The exact cause of bipolar disorder isn't known, but a combination of genetics, environment, and altered brain structure and chemistry may play a role. Autism, a serious developmental disorder that impairs the ability to communicate and interact with people and everything else. And PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, a disorder in which a person has difficulty recovering after experiencing or witnessing a terrifying event which can cause severe anxiety and constant fear to a person. And with that, let's actually see what fear is actually is. Quote, fear is our survival response. End quote, says Northwestern medicine clinical psychologist Zachary Sikora. Some people, rollercoaster fans and horror movie buffs, thrive on it, while other people avoid it. Have you ever wondered why? On a personal note, I am one of those fans that thrive on it. I love horror movies and everything horror-related, and I still can't pin down why I like them. And I don't associate it with psychopathy, sociopathy, or even masochism. 
and I actually hate it when people categorize others and judge them to these kinds of extreme mental disorders. It's an acquired taste in my opinion, since it's in our nature that we don't like fear. Fear is only provoked by danger, the response to a specific and immediate danger, either physical, emotional or psychological, real or imagined. And I want you to take note of the word imagined, since most people experience fear in real ways, rarely does one sees that imaginative fear can have an impact on someone. Since it's not real, why would your brain tell you that it's an immediate danger? This is where the brain plays games with us, as the mind tries to make sense of what your eyes are seeing. Chemically, fear is experienced in your mind, but it triggers a strong physical reaction in your body. As soon as your mind recognizes fear, your amygdala, a small organ in the middle of your brain, goes to work. It alerts all of your nervous system, which sets your body's fear response into motion. Stress hormones like cortisol and adrenaline are released. Blood pressure and heart rate increase, you start breathing faster, even your blood flow changes. Blood actually flows away from your heart and into your limbs, making it easier for you to start throwing punches or run away for your life. Your body is preparing for fight or flight. Another thing that I really believe is that fear is acquired since birth and not genetically embedded. It's not that I say it's not embedded at all, since there are multiple unlearned triggers for fear such as something hurling rapidly towards you, such as a truck racing towards you, or a sudden loss of support, such as the floor giving away, and the threat of physical pain, which is basically the cause of all of them, since we fear what might hurt us. But we learn to fear things from our experiences in life, being called fear conditioning, a quick and very long-lasting mechanism for getting information about harmful situations, such as faces, people, certain type of events, and I'm really hinting at the wood truck scene in Final Destination 2. Like, once a fear trigger is learned, the response will remain the same indefinitely and resist efforts to remove it. The bias is towards action, as the mind thinks it is better to react immediately to a false alarm than to ignore a real threat. As we also learn not to fear what others see as terror too, so fear's perception differs from one person to another, which is common logic, right? No one existing now or that will ever exist will ever experience your version of reality. But as humans we all have a certain type of fears that we all share, and that's what fascinates me, since my fears can never be shared with someone ever, and vice versa, meaning that it can never be categorized or made into a type, kinda keeps a certain spice to society's never-ending task for normalcy. People actually thrive on being the same with the others, until something new comes, and make it the new normal thing until it isn't again, but I digress. And there are certain types that are categorized, some people call them phobias, which is really a misconception of what people might think of. Phobia is derived from the Greek word phobos, being the god and personification of fear and panic, son of Ares, the Greek god of war, and the ever-lovely Aphrodite, goddess of love, beauty, and sexual pleasure. From what I've seen with people, most of them label themselves or others as being phobic towards something when they feel uneasy, disgusted and other similar feelings. Like if you're slightly uneasy about swimming into the ocean after watching Jaws, the movie did what it set out to do. Which is far from the actual case. Fears evolves into a phobia when it interferes with your ability to function normally when met with the source of this phobia. Causing constant anxiety and not being able to think of anything else. 
terrorizing you when you have the slightest memory of it and tormenting you until your mind thinks of something else. That's what phobia does for some unfortunate souls. I can't say that I experienced such level of constant terror towards something, because I actually didn't. I have my small petty fears, but thankfully nothing major about it. A quote that I learned from The Godfather Part 3, one of the best films to ever been released, is as follows, quote, the mind suffers so the body cries out, end quote. Fear manifests in a multitude of physical ways, which are surprisingly very common for people to feel, which depends on the intensity, timing, and coping options available. These reactions include freezing in place and feeling terror if we can't do anything to avoid the immediate danger, running or escaping from the immediate danger, sharply focusing our attention and mobilizing us to act to reduce or eliminate the danger when we can take effective action to cope with the threat, or panic, including shortness of breath, racing heartbeat, and the inability to focus on anything but worrying about the feared future event, and fighting to destroy the object of our fear. Fear also often causes cold hands, deeper and more rapid breathing, increased heart rate, increased blood pressure, sweating, dry mouth, trembling or tightening of the muscles, especially in the arms and legs. We estimate the risks and vulnerability of the threat almost instantly, then fight, freeze, focus or flee based on this analysis. Though fighting in this case might be seen as courage, right? Courage, bravery and valor, which isn't a lack of fear or total foolishness, but it's a person that understands danger and chooses to overcome their fear and proceed to face the danger. Fear moves people in the most unimaginable ways possible, where a fine line of miracles can happen in those few seconds of total terror. Fear is such a powerful emotion that it is often exploited through fear-mongering. Terrorism is so effective because fear is so powerful. The fear of humiliation is also strong and is a form of control often exploited by people as diverse as childhood playmates, advertisers, salespeople, the bosses, and tyrants. Fear really has different degrees of intensity, terror being the highest on the map. It's the phase where someone really is immobilized and paralyzed by it, mostly being helpless to decrease the threat of this harm that we're encountering. Then comes horror, panic, desperation, dread, anxiety, and lastly, normal nervousness. But after all of this, you might think that fear isn't that good of an emotion that we have, which is wrong, since fear's main function is to save you. It'd rather be wrong reacting to a false alarm rather than ignoring a real threat, which is kinda cool, but can also leak onto other aspects one really wants to avoid. Although I watch horror movies, it's all acting. There isn't that true face of a terrified person. And I really don't want to talk about snuff films, since they're a whole chapter on their own. But the only still image I've seen where it really captures what fear and terror looks on a person's face is the famous painting by Ilya Repping, a painting that depicts an event that unfolds as follows. In 1581, Ivan, the Grand Prince of Moscow, beat his pregnant daughter-in-law, Elena Shermateva, for wearing immodest clothing, which may have caused a miscarriage. His second son, also named Ivan, upon learning what happened, engaged in a heated argument with his father, which resulted in Ivan, the father, striking his son in the head with his pointed staff and fatally wounding him. 
The painting is called Ivan the Terrible and his son Ivan on Friday 16th of November 1581, or better known as Ivan the Terrible killing his son. In that painting, the look on Ivan the Terrible shows a lot of emotions, regret, terror and guilt. It's really a painting that captures what fears looks like, and it's a masterpiece for all the world to know about and admire the work it has. And that's all that I have to say about fear. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. I know it's a change to what I had planned before, but I really hope you like this kind of episodes. And we'll talk about other emotions in the next few episodes. And now, I just want to tell you that even if you're afraid of being alone, know that there are people who care about what you say. People that will... And people that will never let you feel insignificant. You just need to let yourself out there. And people would listen to you. You're an amazing person who deserves all the love and care in the world. Thank you Insomniac so much for watching. And I hope I can see you next time. Bye.